Did you know that you have 60,000 thoughts a day? Now, some are conscious, which means that you're aware of what you're thinking. And some are actually subconscious, meaning that you have thoughts that go through your entire system and affect the way you respond, but you may not even be aware of it. So today in episode number two of the Life Interconnected podcast, we are going to dive into the topic of how to renew your mind and change your thoughts. Are you in a season where you're longing for more, desiring inner peace, hoping for more authenticity in relationships? Perhaps you're feeling unsettled inside, like you know that God is calling you deeper, higher, and further than you've ever gone before. You are ready for change and it's time for something to shift. But what is it? What's been missing? My name is Amber Todd. I am a Christian counselor, and I believe that you were never meant to live a disconnected, segmented life. You were created for connection, deep, authentic, healing connection. First, within yourself, because your mental, physical, and spiritual health is interconnected. This is why I love collaborating with doctors and like-minded holistic practitioners who honor God's design for our whole being to function and operate in harmony. Life Interconnected Podcast is an intentional space you can come to every week to receive encouragement, hope, and a fresh perspective on your internal world so that you better understand your thoughts and emotions and how to live a connected life. Join this movement of mindful believers who desire to grow in our faith and cultivate a holistic approach to health and wellness. Subscribe to the podcast today and share it with your friends. Welcome to Life Interconnected. So I grew up on Lake Monroe in Bloomington, Indiana, which I proudly have to say is the largest man-made lake in our state. I've always loved hiking and fishing and boating. Thanks to my dad, Scott, he's the ultimate outdoorsman, super adventurous, and he taught me to explore and try new things. So there's nothing like the stillness of the woods. I grew up surrounded by trees, surrounded by woods, and I used to hike for hours around the lake and discover all kinds of cool treasures in nature. It's been so fun actually to do that with our four kids now, because I get to see the awe and wonder in their eyes that I felt as a child. And one of my all time favorite places to hike is Turkey Run State Park, because I have so many childhood memories there. It's actually where my dad's side of the family would do our family reunions and his family now lives all over the country and the world. My cousins actually grew up in Paris, France, and one of them resides in Seoul, Korea, with his beautiful wife and baby. So meeting together in this heavenly place was like a breath of fresh air to all of our busy lives. It still is. And Turkey Run has all sorts of trails, including some that kind of go through and up creeks and waterfalls. There's miles and miles of trails. And, you know, it's helpful to stay on the path so you don't get lost. And You know, as a kid, my dad actually taught me this little trick that when we were exploring in the woods, if we started going off the path or going in a different way than normal, that we should kind of leave ourselves little markers. So we would put a stick in the ground or we would take a leaf and smear mud on it and stick it on a tree just so we kind of knew which way direction to go. Because anytime you hike, there's typically two types of paths, right? There's the one that's well-worn, it's marked, it's obvious that people have gone down that path multiple times. And then there's other little areas where maybe it's barely been used. Like you can tell some people occasionally go there, but it's not the typical route. 
And then you have paths that literally are not paths yet. You just break off into the woods. And I think the many times I remember exploring as a kid, um, when I had to find my way back home, I did look for those familiar markers. And so knowing this and knowing what my dad taught me, it, it kind of gave me this realization that, you know, often in our lives, we go down the well-worn path. We are habitual creatures. We get used to doing things in a certain way over and over again, right? We all have our patterns. We all have those things we do right when we wake up, we have a routine. Well, the same thing happens in our minds. In our minds, we have paths within our brain, within our neural network that happen automatically. You know, we call these automatic thoughts. Unfortunately, a lot of us have automatic negative thoughts, which can tend to be that voice of our inner critic. And so we have these well-worn paths mentally that we go down when things are happening. So sometimes let's say that I'm in a social situation um, where I'm observing friends talking about a party that they were at last weekend, and then I didn't know about it, or this is my first time hearing the details. And my automatic thought is I always get left out. I always get left out. You know, we have these, these stories, these inner narratives that we tell ourselves, and sometimes they're so well-worn that anatomically that we can see how it is a groove in our brains. You know, neuroscientists have proven that well-worn thoughts do leave these grooves in our brains. And we can physiologically see that the thoughts that we have all the time and that we dwell on over and over again, that we ruminate on, we play over in our heads, those are the thoughts that are the most powerful. Now, it's interesting that when we talk about subconscious and conscious thoughts, that means that there are thoughts in our system that are running our lives we're not even aware of. Honestly, most of our thoughts that run the way that we live, we're not conscious of. And so my heart in this episode, what I really want you to understand today is what is happening in my mind and how can I become more aware of that so that I can feel empowered about renewing my mind and changing my thoughts. And so we have to understand that when we think about that trail analogy, if we have these big trails in our minds of strong thoughts that we typically go down, maybe yours are, I'm not enough, or why should I even try? Or no one cares about me. Maybe it's I'm alone. I feel abandoned. I have to do it all myself. Mine for a long time in my, in my twenties was if I don't do it, it won't get done. And so whatever your big trail thought is, I want you to realize that there can be another way because here is point number one. To renew your mind and change your thoughts, you must first observe what thoughts you're having and figure out where they're coming from. Because when you do that, you'll then be able to understand what to do about it. And there's an amazing quality that God has given us within our design that I learned about from Dr. Caroline Leaf. She is a cognitive neuroscientist. She's a Christian. And I have learned from her about something called superposition. So we are literally the only creatures in all of creation who can think about what we're thinking about. We can actually come outside of ourselves and reflect on our thoughts. Other animals cannot do that. So we have the ability then to evaluate our thoughts and ask a few simple questions. Is this thought true? Does it create peace and harmony within myself, with others, and my relationship with God? 
Is it a well-worn path? Is it a common thought or a loud voice within me? Because here's the reality. Sometimes our system becomes so overloaded by big emotions, triggers, or forced willpower. It results in us living from these wounded parts of ourselves rather than from the truest, highest part of us. And this is really what subconscious programming is, right? It's when these subconscious thoughts that we have are driving our behavior and we don't even know it. And sometimes those subconscious thoughts are wounds. And so, for example, for me, you know, I have a pattern and a history with friendship. I had some really difficult friendship situations when I was younger, most of out of my control. Um, when I was in third grade and middle school and high school, I had three best friends move away. And that was super hard, right? Especially as a kid. And I sort of developed a subconscious thought that if I get close enough to someone or really let them in, then they'll leave me. Now, I didn't realize that I was thinking that. And I certainly didn't realize that it was dictating my friendships. But then when I became an adult in my 20s, I started realizing a pattern that when I would start to feel close to someone, I would just sort of weirdly start pulling away and distancing myself. Or if I started feeling like they were distancing, I would put up my walls and distance back. That was a subconscious thought that if I get close to someone, they'll leave me. So I had to intentionally become aware of that so that I could actually choose a different thought. You see, my well-worn path in my mind is that closeness and friendship had limits. And if I got too close, then that person would leave. And so I had to choose the thought of, I actually want closeness and relationship. I want to be known. I want to be loved. And so when I would feel that inner resistance of self-protection, I wanted to choose a different path. And that means that I turned away from that well-worn path in the woods, that well-worn path in my brain, and I turned towards a new path. I had to kind of get out my machete and start chopping back the woods and creating the new path in my brain, metaphorically, right? And that new path was, you know what? Friends are for me. They love me. They want to know me. I love them. I want to know them. And they're also human. So sometimes they have hard moments or hard seasons, or maybe I'll feel misunderstood and conflict is okay. It's good. It allows us to grow. And I can push through in that friendship because that's ultimately what I want is a more depth and authenticity in friendship. And so that has been my journey throughout adulthood is learning how to renew that thought in my mind. And so as we think about our internal world and operating from these parts that are wounded or carrying burdens, the goal for healing and one of the goals as a therapist, as I help other people to renew their minds is that they will learn how to live from that highest, truest place within them, which means that their core self, your spirit, your Imago Dei, the God image within you, Christ within you would dictate your thoughts and lead your internal world. This is why I love a counseling theory called internal family systems. You will hear me talk about it a lot. It's my favorite theory because it allows me to take a holistic integrative approach to my own healing and also for my clients. Actually, the book altogether you is super helpful. If you're just getting started in internal family systems, if you're curious about it, I will link that below along with some other resources from the podcast episode today. So with a holistic lens, I want us to look more accurately and uncover the root of our system. So start to think about what are your triggers? What are the things that feel hard for you that lead you quickly down a well-worn path of negative thoughts? Perhaps you might recognize generational patterns. 
know, maybe you had a single mom and there was this feeling of like, I got to do this all myself. And you find yourself, maybe whether you're in a relationship or not, always believing I got to do this myself. No one's here to help me. That is a generational pattern. Sometimes it can be uh, passed on to us by nature or nurture, right? By observation or by spiritual laws. Because here's the thing, you know, in scripture, we read that we carry the sins of the past four generations. And if you look at trauma research in epigenetics, they're actually showing that in our DNA, we can carry trauma from four generations. Like that is fascinating to me that within our bodies, within our physiological anatomy, we can show results of trauma from four generations back. Like that is a wild. And if that's true, then I need to be aware that that's affecting my subconscious thinking. It's affecting my thoughts, even if I don't want it to, even if it wasn't my fault, even if I didn't choose it, it's a part of my history. It's a part of my story. And now it's in me. It's in my system, my body, mind, and spirit. And I need to take ownership of it so that I can renew my mind. See, renewing your mind isn't just about choosing a new thought. Renewing your mind is about recognizing your entire system that's operating and contributing to subconscious and conscious thoughts. And when you become awakened to that, and you start to recognize where they're coming from, you are seeing a larger system reality of your internal world. And to be honest, I'm just going to go deep and say there's a spiritual realm reality, right? Because sometimes we just want to blame all of our negative thoughts on the enemy. We just think that it's all him. We think that any negative thought we have, let's rebuke Satan and let's cast that thought off or cut it off God. But you know what? Sometimes it's actually within our system and we need to take responsibility for it. And I believe that God can bring deliverance. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe that he can free us from thoughts quickly, but I also believe in inner work. I also believe as a therapist that you have to do the work. You need to partner with God to bring healing in your mind because there is a larger spiritual realm than what you're seeing. And so here is point number three. I want you to understand that God wired you for love. Literally, he created your brain to thrive. Your mind thrives when you're thinking true and loving thoughts. This is also something beautiful that I learned from Caroline Leaf. I flew down to Dallas in 2018. I was only three months postpartum with Deacon, our third baby. And I told Nate, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta go down to Dallas. Caroline Leaf had been such a great teacher to me through her books as a neuroscientist. And I just really wanted to learn from her because it was the height of God really downloading this revelation of interconnected to me. So I flew down to Dallas. And one of the first things that she showed us on stage, she had two trees on stage. She had one tree that had all types of beautiful green leaves. It was super healthy and vibrant. And then she had this dead wiry black tree. And she explained that when our mind is operating in the way that God created it to, it's operating out of love. And when we're filled with thoughts of love and truth, our brain literally looks like healthy trees inside. She, she actually showed us brain scans of healthy thoughts. When someone was focusing on loving thoughts, she showed us what their brain looked like. It was a vibrant, green, lush thought trees, neurons, neural pathways. And then she showed us the dead tree. And she showed us when we go into fear, and we go into this place of negativity and doubt and anxiety and stress, our brain literally freezes and doesn't function well. Our neural pathways become dead. 
literally the brain scans change. They don't operate optimally. And so this is why we need to understand that God wired us for love. And so when we learn to operate from our highest self, we learn to operate and think true thoughts. We renew our minds and focus on things that are lovely, pure, and admirable, as scripture says. That allows our brains to shift and change neuroatomically. I mean, this is why God created our brains to be neuroplastic. I am a neuroscience nerd, so you're going to hear me throw out some of these terms, and I I want to explain what that means. It means that we are not stuck. Maybe, maybe you had a difficult childhood. Maybe you come from a lot of trauma. Maybe you come from emotional or physical abuse. Here's the thing and the hope that I want you to take away today. Your brain is neuroplastic, which means that if a thought or experience or trauma has been wired into your way of thinking, it can also be wired out. It is not stuck. You are not defined by your negative thoughts. You are not defined by depression or anxiety. Honestly, this is why I have a difficult time with the DSM. So therapists, psychologists use something called the Diagnostic Statistical Manual. It's this fancy book that has all these diagnoses and and terms and labels that we put on people. And we are supposed to do that because that tells insurance companies what to bill for. But here's why I don't like it. It puts a label on you. And once a counselor or a doctor labels you as depressed or anxious or OCD, I see people then wrap an identity around that. Well, I'm just depressed, or this is just who I am. Now, I think it's helpful to name a cluster of thoughts. I think it's helpful to identify symptoms. I'm not saying that that shouldn't happen at all, but what I'm encouraging you to do is don't find your identity in that. So if you have been diagnosed as depressed or anxious or um, struggling in any type of mental health, Rather than saying, I am depressed, I want you to think, okay, right now I'm currently experiencing depressive thoughts. So how can I get to the root of those thoughts and how that has shown up in my system so that I can renew my system to know that's not who I am. Like you are not just depressed. You are not just lazy. You are not just late or anxious. You are a child of God made in his image, made in the triune image of a triune God. So your thoughts, your symptoms, your emotions are all messengers indicating the health of your system and you are never stuck. I want you to hear me today. You are not alone. That's not who you are. I want you to become curious about your internal world, become curious about your thoughts because when you're curious, then you step out of a place of judgment and criticism of yourself, of feeling stuck and you start to feel hopeful that things can change. So many times people sit down with me in the first session and they start to tell me, you know, I think I'm this and I think I'm that and what's wrong with me. And honestly, as I shared in last episode, I had that season with my own anxiety where I felt like, what is my problem? I felt so defined by my anger, but I was just so overwhelmed that anger was communicating a message. So your thoughts are communicating a message. Your emotions are communicating a message about your system. And here's where I want to give you hope that I believe that we are coming into a season as a country, specifically in Western medicine, where things are shifting. People are wanting more options or wanting more answers. 
And this is why I love partnering with holistic and integrative doctors. And you get to hear from uh, several of those doctors in the coming weeks and months. So in the last two years, specifically Caroline Leaf has been running one of the most comprehensive non-pharmaceutical trials for treating depression through her systematic way of addressing and changing intrusive negative thoughts. It's called the NeuroCycle. I will link that resource in the show notes. It's incredible. And what she does is that rather than addressing it immediately through medication, which alleviates symptoms, but doesn't get to root systemic causes, she actually teaches you how to address what is the core primary negative thought. What's the first thought tree we need to tackle? Then she shows you strategically through her five-step process, how to renew your mind through the neurocycle every day for 21 days. But you know, 21 days is how to form a habit, right? We all know that. But what I've also learned from her is that it takes 63 days to stick to long-term memory because 21 days is actually only short-term memory. But when you specifically target a negative thought for 63 days, that groove in your brain will change. You will now move away from the old well-worn path and you will walk down the new path of new life and truth about yourself and how you think. This is also why I love to meditate. Meditation is so powerful. Sometimes Christians get weird about meditation. They're like, oh, that, that, that doesn't suit me. But here's the thing. Let's look at scripture. Scripture says that when we meditate on things that are good, lovely, admirable, and true, when we meditate on scripture, when we meditate on truth, when we meditate on affirmation, that it allows the peace and power of God to flood our entire system. You know, I have loved watching Nate, especially I have to give him a shout out because he's been so disciplined with this even more so than me. He gets up every morning and he meditates anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. He has trained his mind to be quiet and to set intention for the day. And when he comes downstairs, the kids and I at breakfast, you can see the fruit of that. I personally love using the soul time app every morning. It has short and long meditations that are faith-based and encouraging and really target specific internal emotions or challenges that you're facing in your own mind. It's a great way to start on the right path in the morning. And I'll also link that and a few other good options for you in the notes today. So here is the big idea I want you to walk away with. To renew your mind and change your thoughts, you must first observe what thoughts you're having, determine whether those thoughts are true, are they drawing you into a place of peace and love? Or are they causing anxiety, fear, and inner strife? And once you determine that, commit to renewing your mind and deciding what thought it can be replaced with. Find a strategy to consistently renew your mind for at least 63 days and you will be on a whole new path. So here's what I want you to reflect on this week. What inner narrative is most loud for you? What path is well-worn? What voice is common in your mind? If I could lean in and pull the tapes out of your head and listen to your thoughts, what would I hear? And then I want you to consider what new thought can it be replaced with? And if you're feeling overwhelmed, like you have a lot of negative thoughts, just choose one. Choose one to start with and think about one new thought you can practice for the next few weeks. And then after the next few weeks, continue on for the next three months. 
And I promise you that you will see a shift and change in your internal system. Decide on what will be your new strategy to renew your mind. Is it daily meditation? Is it quiet solitude and prayer? Is it the neurocycle? Is it talking out loud with a friend and checking in and speaking truth over one another? I would love to hear what new thought you want to practice. Post it on social media. Tag me at Amber Todd underscore org org and use the hashtag life interconnected podcast. I want you to know I'm on this journey with you and I'm so glad you're here. Here's a sneak peek for next episode. Thursday, you're in for a treat because you will get to hear a fascinating conversation I had with a neurosurgeon, Dr. Avery Jackson, who witnesses God's intelligent design every day as he operates on the brain and the spine. He talks about how our mind, brain, and spirit interact. It is fascinating and I cannot wait. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for sharing the space with me today. I want you to know that God sees you. You are loved, valued, and important. If this podcast helped you, it would mean so much if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and text or post a screenshot with your friends who can join our mindful movement of believers. Let's live intentionally as God designed life to be interconnected. I'm cheering for you. We are in this together, and I look forward to next time.